Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Let us pray and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can hear your word. And we believe, Father, you can help us to mix your word with faith so that we can practice what we learn and we can experience your covenant blessing, Lord. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When we talk about Christmas we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of heaven, who gave us joy and peace and blessing and victory. And it's good to know him more and more. So this morning, I would like to talk about one aspect of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before I go on to preach, I want to say one thing, that when you study the Bible carefully, you will find out that our relationship with God is called the covenant relationship. What does it mean? We do our part. We sign a contract. When you are buying a house, you need to sign a contract to the seller and to the bank because you make some loan. You sign a contract that you will pay monthly mortgage and then the name of the ownership of the house will belong to you. In the same way, we make a contract with God. What we do is to believe in God, to obey Him, to repent of our sin, and to treat God as our King. That is our part. His part is that He's going to do something for us, to bless us, to help us. And we call this kind of contract or relationship the covenant. We have the covenant with God. And when you study the Bible carefully, you will find out that God has given us and the children of Israel many names. I believe nine names, the names of the covenant. And each name indicate what he planned to do for us and he would do for us in that contract. Today, I would like to talk about one name that we will learn how God can relate to us that name. The Holy name of God in the Old Testament is Jehovah. But today we're going to learn about one of the names, the covenant behind that name, Jehovah something. Let me read from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 8. In the book of Genesis, chapter 22, the Bible says, God tested Abraham to see whether he had faith in God and obeyed God or not. He asked Abraham to take his one and only son named Isaac up to a mountain and kill him to be a sacrifice to God. Abraham had so much faith. He obeyed God right away. Next morning, he got a donkey, he got two servants. He went up to the mountain. And when the servant left them in the middle of the journey, Abraham even spoke by faith, we will come back. We mean he and his son. He believed that God going to raise his son from the dead after he sacrificed his son. And what happened on the mountain? The angel came and said, hey, 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 stop, stop. Don't kill your son. And he saw 
a ram that God provided for him. So look at Genesis chapter 22, verse 8. Say Abraham answer. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. My son, he answered his son Isaac. Because Isaac said, where is the offering animal here? And the two of them went on together. Verse 14. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord. I hope you are on the mountain of the Lord, spiritual mountain. You fly high like the eagle. You live in a high level of life, level of faith. You love God so much. You get up into the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. In the Hebrew language, when Abraham said this, he called the Lord. The Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. That is one of the names of his covenant. Everyone say Jehovah, Jehovah. Jireh, which means Jehovah's provision shall be seen. You will see God's provision. And when God provided for you, he will not just provide for money and other things. Every need of your life, everyone say every need, will be provided by him. He is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Jesus that we celebrate Christmas is God the provider. And we can see that in the New Testament as well. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 and 30 say, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they. I told Pastor Da all the time, I'm jealous of the birds in my house. Because Pastor Da took out some fruit and some food for the bird in my house every morning. And now the birds have to be hungry for a couple of weeks because we're going to be in Thailand. God used Pastor Da to feed the bird. Verse 30, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? This scripture talk about God feed you, clothe you, take care of you, provides for you. Verse 33 and verse 34. But seek first. Now is our part. His part is Jehovah Jireh. He's going to provide for us. He will take care of every detail of our life. Your finances, your job, how to deal with the situation in your workplace, your traveling, everything, your relationship, your parenting, every need in your life, God will help you. But your part, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And this is the reason why I never miss care group. I read the Bible every day. I go to church every Sunday since I was a born again Christian because I want to show to God that I am seeking the kingdom of God first in my life. And His righteousness, I want to repent. I want to live a righteous life. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on, of its own. 
my brothers and sisters, God is our provider. He will provide for every need in our life. What we need to do, our part, seek the kingdom of God first. Please, the Lord Jesus Christ, make sure you make Him smile from heaven and you build His kingdom. Get involved in building the kingdom of God. If you know how to cook, And feed people, cook and feed people. You know how to sing, you sing to the Lord. You know how to do computer, you help the church to do computer. You give to the Lord. You want to build the kingdom of God in this generation. You seek the kingdom of God first. And God say, if you do that, don't worry, I will take care of you. In fact, the New Testament mentioned about the Lord Jesus Christ as Jehovah Jireh. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs. Everyone say all. All. Not just some, but all your needs according to his glorious riches. He's rich. He will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus became poor so that we might be rich. Through Jesus Christ, the Lord will provide all the needs that we have in our life. We don't need to worry. Our job is to walk by faith, is to serve Him, to live for Him, honor Him, worship Him, to pray, seek His kingdom first. And we can see the story in the Bible about the church in Macedonia. I read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 9 here. The people, the Christians in Macedonia, serve the Lord. They live for the kingdom of God. And look at what Paul wrote to the people in Macedonia, the church in Macedonia. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial. Wow, tough time. Their overflowing joy. This is why I ask you to smile. Don't come to church with long face, please. Smile. Happy to be in the house of God. Their overflowing joy. Can I see your overflowing joy? Wow, I like that sound. <laughs> we should be joyful Christians, no matter what happened. You know why we have joy? Because we have faith. We know God will take care of us. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be sad. We don't need to lose sleep. God will take care of every need in our life. We can have joy. Amen? Overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. The people in Macedonia at that time, the Christians, were not rich. They were poor in the standard of the world. But they had rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. Wow, they are so generous. They gave to the work of Paul and the church generously beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. They want to use their finances to bless the saints, to bless the kingdom of God. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first. Everyone say, I give myself first. I seek the kingdom of God. 
You give yourself first, okay? You whole body, you give your life to God first, to the Lord, and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urge Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, let us become that kind of Christian. We excel in everything. We are not sloppy. We are not getting by. We are not doing things just sloppily. But we do everything the best. Excel. We excel in everything. In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. The Bible talks about the grace of giving and the grace of receiving. Sometimes you give grace to people by giving them, help them. And sometimes you allow people to show grace to you by receiving from them, back and forth. We give by grace and receive by grace. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love. He was talking to the Corinth church by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Jesus was rich. Yet, for your sakes, he became poor. When did Jesus become poor? He became poor when he was on the cross. After he was arrested on the cross, he lost everything. His cloth was torn apart. He had no money. But before that, he was rich. He could feed the poor. He could feed thousands of people. He could get money from the mouth of the fish. He was rich. But on the cross, he became poor for a short moment. Why? That though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Through Jesus' poverty, we might become rich. Jesus will provide for you everything that you need. And you don't need to live in poverty. You can have riches in your wisdom, riches in your strength. I pray that my church members here will be still strong and climb up Mount Rainier at 95 years old. You don't have to carry any walker or anything. You're just so strong. You can see very well at old age. You can have the strength because you are riches in strength, riches in health, riches in finances, riches in wisdom, riches in grace, in favor, riches in relationship, all kind of riches he wants to give to you. Do you believe that? Do you believe God is your provider? And He does not give you only a little thing. He gives you riches in everything. I'm not talking about money here alone. I'm, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm talking about everything. Riches in wisdom. Actually, two days ago, I was sitting at home and talking to God. This is the truth. I'm not lying. I was sitting at home talking to God. And I said, God, all this money and material do not touch my heart anymore. I don't care about nice car, nice house, nice... All these things do not touch my heart. Thank God that you give me. But God, I want the thick presence of your glory. I want to have more anointing. I want to have more wisdom and more favor from you. Because that cannot be bought with money. I want thick presence of God. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Paul. That in this life, 
everywhere I go, I can help people with the power of God on me. That's my prayer, my desire to God. I want more riches of anointing and wisdom and ability to help people. That's my prayer. I hope you pray that way too. You will never lack anything because God is your provider. Look at Luke chapter 22, verse 35. And he said to them, When I send you without money, bag, knapsack, and sandals. This is what Jesus talked to the disciple. He sent them out to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. Did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. The disciples went out to preach the gospel. They lacked nothing. Everyone say, I lack nothing. I will have more than enough. Because God is my provider. Do you believe that? You receive what you believe. Amen. The problem of many Christians in the world, they lack good teaching. They don't get what God says in the Bible because they don't have the idea. The Bible says that my people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. They don't have the knowledge of the Bible, so their faith is so small. They cannot receive anything from God. They don't understand the way of God. For us, we want to know the Bible. We want to understand the way of God. That's why I read many scriptures here. The third book of John, verse 2. God promised us. Listen carefully. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Turn to the person next to you. You shall enjoy good health. Is it God's will for you to be sick? No. God wants you to be strong and healthy. And that all, all, what does it mean all? What does it mean? Just some part? Just a little one? All, everything about your life may go well with you. Through Jesus Christ, the provider, Jehovah Jireh, we have good health. And everything in our life will go well. Even as your soul, even as your spirit is getting along well. You can see the key here. Okay, the covenant. Your spirit is strong. You have faith. You walk with God with obedience. You seek the kingdom of God first. You live a life of honoring God. Your spirit is so mature, so strong. You love God. You worship God. You are not goofy Christians. You really commit to God. Your spirit is strong. When your spirit is mature and strong, what happens? It will affect your health. It will affect your money. Affect everything of your life. So that's why our church, the goal that we have is to make you mature and strong in your spirit. Because if you're strong in your spirit, you're mature and strong in your spirit, the rest of your life, everything else will be going well. Amen. Amen. That's why I don't go around the bush on the stage. I don't try to please anybody. I just want to teach you the truth so the truth will make your spirit strong. I try to feed your spirit with the Word of God. That's why we produce so many teachings in YouTube so that you can feed your spirit and make your spirit going well. And when your spirit is strong, <laughs> everything else is going to be fine. I know some of you spend so much time in the workout club. You try to make your muscle big. 
Lately, Pastor Dad said, you need to exercise more. So I start to go on the floor now and push up 20 times a day. I want to build my muscle now. I did not have time to go to the workout club, but I try to do it at home. I go on the stationary bike and try to exercise. But one thing that you need to really build up is not just your muscle, but it's your spirit. You need to exercise your spirit. Make sure your spirit is strong because when your spirit is healthy, the rest will come. All the blessing will come in every area of your life. This is a secret. Amen? Our God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. And what kind of God we are talking about here? Why did the Father send the Son into the world? He was in a manger. He was born in the lowly place. Why He sent His Son to us? Look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, He will rise up to show you compassion. This is the God we worship. He longs to be gracious to you. From now on, can you look at God as a gracious God? He's not a mean God. He's not a cruel God. He's gracious. He wants to show compassion to you. Everyone say, God wants to show compassion to me. He's gracious to me. And out of His grace and compassion, Luke chapter 12, verse 32 say, So don't be afraid. Are you afraid? Are you afraid of COVID? Are you afraid of economy? Of the high gas price? Are you afraid? Oh, everything has gone up now. So we may be afraid that we don't have enough money to spend. But he said, don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you the kingdom. Out of his grace, out of his compassion. Do you notice that when you read the full gospel carefully, so many times the Bible say, when Jesus saw that, he had compassion on them. One time Jesus even cried. He wept. The shortest verse in the Bible say, Jesus wept when he saw the problem in Jerusalem. And he knew that eventually Jerusalem would be destroyed by the enemy because they were against the Messiah. Jesus wept. Jesus had compassion on Lazarus, compassion on the blind, the lepers. He's a God of compassion. I learned something like this when I was a new believer. God taught me maybe 30 years ago. My son, if you want your faith to work very well, you need to mix your faith with love and compassion. You don't pray for people just because you want to show off that you have power. No. You pray for people, you lay hand on people with compassion in your heart that I loved you. I want you to do well. I have compassion for you. You do like Jesus. You have compassion on your wife, then you pray for your wife. You have compassion on your husband. Don't get mad at him and try to slap him. Just show compassion to him. He make mistake. Just show compassion to him. Amen. 
when you pray with compassion like Jesus, you will see the miracles. Jesus is a God of compassion, and He said that I want to give you my kingdom. When you read this scripture, you can sense and feel that God, who is in heaven, look at you, and He said that I love you. You are the apple of my eyes. I want to give you the best. I want to provide you all your needs. I want to take care of you. You are not a burden to me when you pray. You don't bother me. You are not the inconvenience to me. I love you. I want to help you. I have compassion and grace towards you because I have compassion towards you. It is my pleasure. It is my great happiness. To give you my kingdom, what does it mean? My kingdom. When we talk about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, one day we're going to be in heaven together. I hope so. I hope everyone is born again here. Are you born again? Yes. Is your name recorded in the book of life in heaven? Yes. I hope so. Okay. I hope you believe in Jesus and you repent of your sin. But the kingdom also on earth. You remember Jesus say. Pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said that I want to give you the kingdom on earth too, not just in heaven. When you go to heaven, we're fine now. We don't need to deal with sickness and disease and poverty and uh, pandemic and COVID 19. We don't have to deal with all the bad things, but we are still on earth. And Jesus said, because I loved you, I want to give you my world, my kingdom. His kingdom is big. His kingdom is powerful. His kingdom is abundant. His kingdom is full of joy and peace and righteousness. It's full of wisdom, of grace and favor, of victory. And he said that I want to give you the kingdom that you live your life victoriously, full of grace and favor and wisdom and victory everywhere you go. The kingdom of God is on you, in you, and around you. Whatever clinic or whatever office you join, in that department they prosper. I remember when I first moved to America, my professor and chairman loved me so much. Every month we have a meeting called Mortality and Morbidity Conference. <laughs> Some of you may not understand these two words. Morbidity means death. Oh no! Morbidity means complications of surgery or of trauma. Mortality means death. How many death and how many complications from surgery? And all the resident presented their cases. All of my resident friend, ten, twenty cases to show. Pastor Lau, Doctor Lau, two cases. Every month, I have no death, no morbidity because. The kingdom of God is on me. My boss loved me. He just want me to work with him at Harborview Hospital all the time because I have less mortality and morbidity. God was with my hand. The kingdom of God is with me to give me victory. I'm not boasting about myself. I'm boasting about God. That because the kingdom of God is with me. Amen. And because He is the provider, He is gracious to us. So He's gonna take you. To places where you never dream of, maybe to Switzerland, 
maybe to Oahu, Waikiki Beach. You never dream of. He will open doors that are bigger than you can imagine. The door is so big. The single in this room, one day God gonna bring to you a boyfriend or girlfriend that you look at your boyfriend and oh wow. He gonna open the right door for you. He gonna bring out your talent that make you successful. He's going to give you the power and the supernatural ability that you can do things supernaturally. He wants to show you His favor. He wants to make you stand out in society, to make you the head, not the tail, above, not beneath, because He is your provider and He is gracious to you. And He takes pleasure, great pleasure, to give you His word. On earth here, He is the provider. He wants to give you His kingdom. Our job is to have faith, stir up our faith, pray bold prayers, and seek the kingdom of God first. Honor the Lord and do what is right. Repent quickly. We should pray to God like this in Psalm chapter 17, verses 7 to 8. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. You, every morning you wake up, you say, God, show your grace, your compassion, and loving kindness by your right hand. Oh, you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Save us from the attack of the devil and demons and bad people. Sometimes people try to rip you off, you know, spam. Yeah, I heard somebody from California call me and pass it down. And try to give us some story that this person was cheated $30,000. And this company will tell you this way. Oh, you invest 10000 now it's get to 100000 But before we send you 100000 you need to pay tax first. So why don't you send us the tax $25,000? You know what I mean? It's gone. Then I will give you $100,000. God can save you from your enemies. Be careful with a lot of spam today. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. This should be our prayer. We need God's provision, God's protection. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 27. Are you okay? Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord of hosts has purposed and who will annul or cancel it? His hand is stretched out, stretched out to help us. And who will turn it back? No one. No one can turn God's hand back when He wants to help us. No one can stop His purpose for our life. When we talk about Jehovah Jireh, you need to know this. It's not just about giving us a job and paycheck. Actually, He is the provider. He's not only strategically directing our steps each day, what to do next, where to go, who to call, day by day. But as the provider, Jehovah Jireh, He has been orchestrating everything around you and me. He has already lined up people who will help us and lead us to success. He has lined up people who will give you promotion? Who will 
also lead us into the next level. He lined up. This is my own experience. All these 40 years, I follow God. God lined up people for me to help me. Everything. I give you example. Before I came to America, the Department of Neurosurgery, the professor and chairman, was a American man who never hired any foreigner. For many years, this professor and chairman, the Department of Neurosurgery. Two years before I came to America, that chairman retired, and a new one came in. He is a Jewish American man, and he loved to help international people. So when I went in to ask for the job, this Jewish American man looked at me. I'd like to help you. Can you imagine? Without him, I would not get a job at University of Washington. He has lined up the people who will go extra mile for you, who will go out of their way to help you, to show favor to you. You don't have to try to manipulate anybody, force anybody, or convince anybody. You don't have to worry. He has already prepared the hearts of people who will show favor to you, help you to be successful. Because he is the provider. Not just only the money. He provides people to help you. He plan. I say, yeah, say that. Who can stop what God has already set up for you? No one. Therefore, don't be upset. Don't lose sleep or worry about who is not for you or come against you. Don't worry if it takes longer time to get there. Don't worry about the obstacles in your life or the hindrances of your life. You are on His timetable. You will show up at the right place, at the right time, with the right people around you to help you and to promote you. Because He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. Let us continue to honor God, being the best for God, excel in everything for God, seek the kingdom of God first. We do our part, He will do His part. He will orchestrate everything for us, prepare the people for us, get the right people to show up, help us because He is our provider. Let me read some scripture here to encourage you. In Romans chapter 8, verses 34 to 39. Who then, I want you to be convinced that Jesus loved you. He has compassion on you. He is your provider. He will take care of you. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. He's praying for us right now. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? I can jump to verse 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Everyone say, overwhelming victory, overwhelming victory. is mine. Through Christ Jesus. How many people believe you're going to live a victorious life? God's provision is on you. Amen. Do you believe? Amen. You look so excited. When you believe, you get exciting. Amen. 
And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above and in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christmas time. We look at Jesus. We know God loved me so much. He sent His Son to die for me. He has compassion on me. He wants to rise up and show His grace and compassion to me. Do you believe that? Yes. You receive what you believe. Amen? Amen? One story in the Bible, the story of Joseph. Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 to 21. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. Wow. Joseph was sold to be a slave, and he served Potiphar and his wife. It looked bad. Sound like look bad because he became a slave. And then he was put in jail. Wow, bad, worse in jail. But God orchestrated everything. God put Potiphar in his life. God allowed him to go into jail so that he can meet the servant of Pharaoh in jail. And because he interpreted a dream for the servant in jail, eventually, he became a prime minister in Egypt. You see the plan, the purpose that God made for Joseph. Therefore, in your life, whatever happened, don't worry up or down. God is working behind the scene. He is your provider. He's going to bring you to the right people at the right time, at the right place. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant evil it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke highly to them. Them mean the dad, the mom, and all the brothers. You can see the story of Joseph. Do you believe God has prepared everything for you? Yes. He has set up everything for you. Yes. Just love him. Trust him. If God does not spare his son, how much more he will do things for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 30, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. He has a purpose for you. He's going to prepare everything. He set up people to meet you and help you and guide you. How many people love God? How many people want Romans chapter 8, verse 28 happen to you? Amen? What you need to do is to love God. And look at verse 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his son, his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things. Everyone say, God, God. provides for me. Provides for me. All, things. All things through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. 
I love him. I trust him. I would like to read three more scripture. I love these three scripture very much because it helped me to have faith and not worry about my life. Let me read to you, Ezra 8:22. I was ashamed to ask the king for an armed escort with cavalry to help us against an enemy attack on the way. We had already told the king. Listen carefully. Hopefully, this is your confession. Our God works things out for the good of everyone who dedicates his life to serving Him. Do you dedicate your life to serve God? Do you seek the kingdom of God first? Do you love God? If you are that kind of Christian, God works things out behind the scene for the good, not for the bad, for the good of your life. He prepare everything for you. He set up people for you. He opened the right door for you because he's Jehovah Jireh. Can I see the face of belief here? Some of you sit. Really? Can I see the face of belief? How about Vietnamese face of belief? How about American face of belief? How about Chinese face of belief? <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.11 In Him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him. He has a purpose and plan for us. Who works out, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. He worked out behind the scene. He has planned out, set up behind the scene for us everything in line with His purpose for our life. Should we worry? Should we trust God? Oh, I love all this scripture. Psalm 138 verse 8. The Lord will work out. If you are single right now, you worry that you will not get married. Don't worry. He's going to work out. The Lord will work out His plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. God worked out the plan for you. He is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Jesus, whom we celebrate in Christmas time. He is your provider. Amen? Amen. What I try to share in this sermon is that His provision for you cover everything. Job, finances, health, your going, coming, your traveling, your life, your future. He even prepared for people to help you in the future. You're going to be in the right place at the right time, open the right door for you. You just love God, serve God, honor God, live for God, trust God, seek the kingdom of God first. You do your part in the covenant. In that covenant, He's going to do His part. He will provide for you. He is the good God. Amen? Amen. How many people believe that what the Bible says is true to you? 
How many people have experienced that God has done this for you already? Should we continue to run the race? Amen. Let's just thank God together, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you are our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Lord Jesus, you came into the world. The Father did not spare your life on earth. You died for us, Lord. And how much more you will give us everything that we need, Lord. Lord, we promise you, and we thank you, Lord, that we will seek your kingdom first. We will live a life of honor. We will serve you all the days of our life. We will, Lord, always praise you, worship you, obey you. We will do our part in this covenant, and we believe and declare: you shall do your part. That is to provide for us all our needs in a supernatural way, beyond we can imagine, and our jaw drops because. We see your compassion, your mercy, your love for us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh Lord, I pray that my brothers and sisters who are listening to this teaching right now and in New Hope International Church will experience your provision, your love, your compassion. They will have confidence that they are the apple of your eyes, Lord. We thank you, Father, for encouraging us through all these scriptures, Lord. We believe, Lord, you have set up people to help us in the future, at the right place, at the right time. We don't have to manipulate anybody, force anybody, Lord. You love us so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Just want to make sure that you are a child of God. And if you want to be a child of God, you're not sure yet. Why don't we confess together? Confess out loud. Nothing wrong to confess one thousand times that Jesus is our Lord. Amen. Confess with me right now. Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending your Son Jesus Christ on that Christmas day. Thank you, Jesus. You die on the cross. You took my poverty. You took my sickness and curses on you. You took my sins and death on you. And you give me life, divine health, riches, blessing. Lord Jesus, I believe and declare, you are my savior, my Lord. I will follow you. I seek your kingdom first. I will honor you and serve you all the days of my life. I will excel in everything that I do for you. And I believe and declare: You are my provider. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You shall meet all of my needs. According to your glorious riches, thank you, Lord. From today on, I shall experience the supernatural provision of God in a marvelous and very glorious way. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Praise God. God is good. Let's stand up and sing a song to the Lord together. Yeah, we have a great testimony from Tanida, my daughter, for this Christmas time that the Lord really show her that He is the healer and provider. You will be blessed to hear this testimony. She would like to share what God did for her during this Christmas time. Good morning, church. Sorry. So I was working in the two to three year old classroom. Um, okay, so last Sunday I went to get something in my car. I came back into service. I was sitting right there, and I blinked, and excruciating pain like hit my eye. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, something just got in my eye. So I was like trying to get it out, but my eye just it was this eye. Immediately, just started watering like a waterfall. So I ran to the bathroom here, and I ran into Liz. I don't know if she's here, but she was so sweet. She like was helping me flush my eye out. I had to take off all my makeup with baby wipes because it was just an absolute mess. And after, it still really hurt. I even ran into Faye outside. She's like, "What's wrong with your eye?" And it was all red. And then the waterfall, you know, the just the tearing never stopped. So I kind of left church early, and we had to drive down to Cannon Beach. The entire four-hour drive down to the beach, my eye watered the whole time, and every time I'd blink, it was pain. Like every blink hurt. So we were talking in the car, and Brendan's like, "You probably got something in your eye, and it cut your cornea, because there was nothing in my eye. I even stopped at a McDonald's on the way down, and like." Flushed my eye out again. Looked really carefully. We shot, did a flashlight, and there was just nothing in there. But it just kept watering, and it was bright red. And it was I could barely even even closing my eye wasn't giving me relief. It was still hurting. So I was just kind of like living with the pain. And um, I got to where you know I was going, and I was just like I could barely like. Do anything because it was hurting so bad. So I was just watching TV, and I kept a tissue kind of just under my eye because it never stopped watering. And then my parents—it was like seven or eight after you know they got home—called me like, "Did you make it safe to the coast?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Could you pray for me? My eye actually." And I told them everything I just told you. And then I was kind of, you know, out of it watching TV, and I paused it and everything. But they prayed for me. And to be honest, like I didn't think much of it. I wasn't like an extra amount of faith that day or anything, because I was just like, "Thanks for praying for me." Um, but five minutes later, I realized there was no water coming out, and it took me like a while. To, and then I blinked a thousand times because there was no pain. Like literally, I was like, "Is this in my head? Like, what is going on?" And then I was like, "Am I really healed?" So I blinked so many times before I called my dad back. There was literally since the actual like sudden healing, not a single tear dropped. There was no more pain because every blink hurt. It just was like it felt like a, like something like a pebble in my eye. Not a single ounce of pain. And then my eye went from red to totally white. So all around where it's white was like red bloodshot. And then the kids saw it because they had seen me all day just cry. It wasn't crying, but like a waterfall. 
So when I showed them, they were even like, Monique was with us. And she was even like, oh my gosh, like your eye is healed. And so from that moment on, I was just completely healed. And I didn't have to go to the clinic. We were going to go to the clinic the next day and, you know, take time out of the vacation. So I'd actually never experienced just sudden healing like that. I know it's, and what's so cool is like, it was something small. It wasn't like a huge deal, but God, you know, cared enough about me to, you know, heal me so quickly. And I had an emergency end up. So I got there Sunday and I had an emergency on um, Monday night that I had to f- drive back to Seattle for it. And, you know, I drove back for the emergency and went back straight back down. But I wouldn't have been able to make it to that emergency. Had I wouldn't have been able to drive. There was no way. Um, so I don't know if God healed me because of that, but it was really cool and absolutely undeniable that it was right. Cause you know, you can justify like, Oh, maybe there was something in her eye and it finally came out. But really one minute after my dad prayed, like it's absolutely undeniable that God is so real. And I was so happy to be able to share it with the kids that they could witness it. They saw physically my eye swollen and, and they felt really bad for me. They were all like all checking on me. And then for it to go from that to just absolutely normal, they, that was a huge testimony for them. So I just wanted to give honor to God. I don't like to be up here, but I wanted to give honor to God. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tanida. Thank you, Tanida. Can I add something about this testimony? What happened in the car when Pastor Da called Tanida to ask how she's doing? We pray. I was driving and I was praying. Just pray by faith. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit told me, pray this way. So I listened to the Holy Spirit. He said, specifically pray this way. Then I remember that when Jesus was walking on earth, if you notice, any time he performed miracles, he would say something. He would say, remove the stone. Lazarus, come out. He would say something specific for that situation. Or you go and get the mud on your eyes or something. He says something. God told me everything that Jesus said in his prayer and miracle, all those things that he said come from the Father by the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, pray for Trinidad this way. You know what he said to me to pray, how to pray? Okay, I'll let you know. He'd say, pray this way. God, show your mercy to my daughter so that she experience the goodness of God and she will love you more and serve you more. This is exactly God told me to pray. I pray exactly what the Holy Spirit told me. She got healed. Because I pray according to the Holy Spirit and God's word. It's so fun to walk with God. It's so exciting. It's so supernatural when you learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit and listen to the voice of God in your heart. What to say, what to pray, what to do. It's so supernatural. Amen. God is good. It's so good to be a Christian. Let's stand up and sing together. Merry gentlemen, and nothing you dismiss. Remember Christ.
Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Father, and last the angel came, and unto certain shepherd brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name, oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh. Joy to the world, for Christ the Lord had finally come. Let every heart receive the newborn King. Oh, come, oh, heavens and nature, sing. Oh, tidings of comfort. to pray for all of you for the Christmas and New Year. We will not be here on New Year because we will be uh, having revival service on 31st and 1st in Thailand. So we want to bless all of you. Pastor Da, could you pray for our brothers and sisters? I know this is last minute. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, church. Yes. Um, we are going to pray together in one heart, one mind, one unity. Father, we thank you so much, O oh God. We thank you for all the things you have provided for us for year 2022. We, we thank you so much, O oh God, that you keep us safe, that you sustain us, mm. that you have worked in our lives, each and every single of us in us in a in a, the way um, that fit us, the way that um, you want to work in our lives. And we, so, we are so thankful. Father, when we look back, dear God, we saw the provision, we saw the healing, we saw the um, grace and favor of God, Father, upon our lives. Amen. And we are so thankful to you, O oh God. Heavenly Father, I, I thank God that we have our church. We have the church where everyone comes and find comfort and joy. Amen. We thank you so much, O oh God, that as we 
come in unity and we are together to serve you, to walk with you, to honor you. Dear God, you have blessed us. Amen. Father, we just want to pray together that this coming year will be the very great year for all of us, dear Amen. God, that we will see even more grace, more power, more miracles, dear God, uh, in the church, dear Amen. God. We thank you so much, oh God, that <laughs> you will continue to protect us. You will continue, Father, to <clears throat> work in our life, <clears throat> change us, transform us according to your will. Father, we thank you so much, oh God. I just want to pray, oh God, for for all of us, dear God, that this coming year, 2023, Father, we will be so focused, dear God, we will so focus and we'll all serve you and give glory to your name. Amen. Lord, that your name will be glorified. Amen. Father, in Jerusalem, Father, and all over the earth, dear Amen. God, Father, we pray, dear God, you will strengthen all of us. You will, Father, really give us health and joy and peace and success and fruit in this coming year. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Um, please continue to bless us and our family too, Father, and you bless us so that we will be able to bless others. Amen. We pray, dear God, that this coming year, Father, we will submit to you, commit ourselves to you, and serve you, and bring so many souls, Father, into your kingdom. Amen. We thank you so much, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me add one more thing. Father, we also lift up those Christians in many countries who have been persecuted. Lord, we lift them up. You put your grace upon them, protect them, help them, Lord, in any way you can, Lord. We commit them into your hand, Lord. Bless those country, Lord, that persecute Christians, and many people will be saved in those nations, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. friends.
Mr. 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 Mr.